Little did you know you are strong, smart, insightful, beautiful, hilarious, loyal, and loved. The podcast you need to navigate your 20s. Little did you know with Shelby Eastwood. Monday and we are now officially in December. Christmas break is literally so close. I can taste it. Um, it's kind of hard to focus and concentrate on work when you know that you have two weeks off coming up in literally 10 work days. Um, but we're pushing through. Me and the students, we're pushing through. We're getting there. Um, this it's like a weird time of year, you know what I mean? Like, you still need to make sure you're hitting the curriculum and engaging the students, but, like, everybody's just like, oh, my gosh, holidays are coming up. It's coming, um, which is really funny. Um, but, um, yeah, today I have a really exciting guest, which um, I will have her on in a few minutes. Um, and her name is Peyton Garland, and I'm super, super excited to chat with her because she actually – she's an author um, – she wrote a book called Not So By Myself, um, which she does um, focus more so on like mental health and anxiety, and um, but also adding like that religious piece inside of it. Not saying I'm the biggest um, religious believer, um, but um, you know, I'm interested to see what she has to say. I'm always open to seeing like how people. Um, deal with anxiety and how people um, like understand it and so that's why I'm really curious to see what she has to say and learn a little bit more about her book. Um, the really cool thing is that um, she her book was endorsed by um, former White House President Secretary Dana Marino and also this one I think is super cool. There is a author, a writer, uh, a TED Talk speaker. Her name is Hannah Brancher and I love her. I've been following her blog for years now. She sends like motivational emails every Monday to help like make your Monday a little bit better. Um, she wrote a couple books. One of her one of her main books is called More Love Letters and it's a movement that she created to kind of put like more love into the world, um, which she also talked about on uh, a TED Talk which I think is super cool. Anyway, Peyton's book was endorsed by Hannah Brencher, which is so cool. And I'm really curious to ask her, like, how she, how, like, that happened and everything surrounding that, as well as, like, the White House, former White House president, secretary, um, not that I know much about American politics, but, like, um, how, like, I wonder how that got endorsed as well. So we're going to, I'm going to have her on. We're going to talk about her book. We're going to talk about relationships. We're going to talk about mental health um, and her kind of thought process behind writing the book. And um, if she has any new books in the future, I'm all about speaking with authors, and I love this. Um, so, yeah, let's, um, let's take a quick break, and then we'll have Peyton on. All right. Well, she's here. Hi, Peyton. Hey, excited to be here. Hi, it's nice to meet you finally. <laughs> I know, right? I, I, I love when I found you on Podmatch. I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. Yeah, it was so great. Um, where, where are you located anyway? So I am in the Colorado Springs area out in Colorado. That's... So it has started snowing. It is beautiful. Thanksgiving was 13 degrees. So 
we're getting ready for some cold stuff. That's amazing. What, is there a time? Are you a different time zone then? I'm guessing so in Colorado. I'm on mountain time, so I'm an hour behind central. So is that two hours behind eastern? Yes. Okay, because <laughs> I'm eastern time zone, so <laughs> I'm like, I don't know where she is in the location of there, but that's really cool. I find it super cool. Like, you're the third person I've had on now from Podmatch, and everybody's been in the States so far, which is cool for me because, like, I'm from a small town in Canada, so... <laughs> It's cool that, like, it helps us reach so many people. Right. All over. For sure. Um, so I kind of gave my listeners a little bit of an intro before you got here um, about your book and just um, a little bit, like, kind of how you knew Hannah Brencher and how you had, like, the vice president secretary or something endorse your book. Anyway, um, do you want to just kind of give your own little intro of yourself? So I'm Peyton Garland. I love to write. I am the author of Not So By Myself, but if I'm not writing, if I'm not reading old British lit because I am that person, (laughs) I'm usually hiking with my husband or wrangling my two terrible dogs, Alfie and Daisy. I also have two dogs, so that's hilarious. Mine are a big Rottweiler and a little Australian Shepherd. I have a little Australian Shepherd, um, but she's not little. After she got fixed, she had a hormonal imbalance. So we now call her our sausage ball. Oh, my gosh. And Alfie is an 80-pound Brindle American Staffordshire. So he looks a lot like a pit bull. So we got a big baby and then a chunky baby. Yeah, basically like me, too. Literally. Giant Callie. (laughs) She's right here. You can see. Precious. And then Cat Hazel's over here. (laughs) um that's so funny um so tell me a little bit about your book what kind of inspired you to write it and like where like where did it where did the whole idea come from so my husband josh is a pilot Mm -hmm. and he and i when we got married he was not a pilot he had a really good job as a sales rep for the atlanta falcons football team out in georgia oh that's cool so we were living very comfortably everything was fine he comes home one day and says hey i think i want to be a pilot and i'm like what you've never mentioned you even like airplanes what is this so I did what I thought any good new wife should do and I just said okay sure um so he went through flight school and right when he finished flight school the only airport that had a job available was in Indiana okay and I was in Georgia and so he goes away for months I'm in Georgia in a new town because I had just started a new job four weeks before he had to move. So new town, I don't know my neighbors. I don't know my coworkers. First time ever I'm away from my family. And now the one person I know is gone. And so it was just about three and a half months of, of just me figuring myself out because when you're by yourself, a lot of the monsters can creep out of the closet. A lot of things that you can so easily distract yourself from. You don't have a distraction anymore because the house is quiet. There's no one to talk to. There's no one to call. There's nowhere to go. And so I honestly ended up at a therapist's office. Like it, it was just that bad. Yeah. We, we had hit rock bottom. And I go in there and, and I come out diagnosed with OCD, anxiety, and secondary PTSD. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. So, you know, on the flip side of this journey, once Josh was able to find an airport closer to home, I just knew I'd been through a lot. Like there was a lot of loneliness, a lot of mental health stuff. And I had just learned so much about letting go of perfection and embracing grace. And I thought someone else might need that. And I guess the the bittersweet thing is I started writing this book about my lonely journey two weeks before COVID hit. Oh. So two weeks before the whole world would be lonely in a way that we'd never anticipated. Yeah. So 
you know, I hate that there was a pandemic, but it was an honor to be able to share my story of loneliness while everybody on the planet is walking through it too. For sure. That's, and that's, that's so funny. Cause that was one of my questions I had lined up for you. I was going to ask, I was going to say, um, do you think like, you, like you mentioned, like right before, like right before COVID had, obviously we all went into like lockdowns and isolations varying, like depending where we live. Um, do you think that the, that idea of loneliness, loneliness got exasperated during the pandemic? Or do you think we always kind of had it there, but like the pandemic was what really brought it out of people? I, I think we had it there just because I think our culture is so good at distracting. Yeah. We, we are so good at what's bright, what's loud, what's instant, what's in your face, mm-hmm. what stays. And for once, there was nowhere to go. I mean, sure, you had your phone with you still, sure. Like, okay, everyone else with a phone is sitting at their home. Like, there was nothing that you could do yeah. at that point. So I think it, had some, it was something that had been bubbling and brewing and the pandemic was like, okay, hey, here it is. It's in your face now. You have to do something with it. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, does your book? I haven't honestly, I haven't read it yet. Um, uh, it is in my on my way because I just ordered it. Um, like last night. But does it? Um, does your book like kind of talk about like tips to get past the loneliness or like how do you kind of navigate that idea throughout your book? Yeah, for, for me, it's it's a combination of things. So for me, it's through my faith plays a huge role in it. Mm-hmm. But I also wanted. I wanted my book to be for people if they're not religious or they're, they yep. don't practice Christianity. I still wanted them to be able to connect because there's still hope and there's mm-hmm. still grace. And so I talk a lot about my faith because it's so pivotal, but also I'm very open about therapy. I mean, that was huge for me, finally sitting down with a professional because things were just not going well. And the ironic freedom I found from being diagnosed with several things. Like you would think that would be so terrible and yeah. as a perfectionist that I would walk away with so much shame. But I breathed a sigh of relief because I said, oh, this is what's been going on. Yeah. Like I knew something was wrong, but I couldn't put my finger on it. So now that we've named it, which is what my therapist said, hey, now that we've named it, we can start healing. We yeah. can start attacking it. We can start working through it. And so I'm very open and honest about therapy. I take medication. I take 100 milligrams of Zoloft every morning. It's a modern yep. miracle. And so I, you know, I want people to understand that vulnerability is way more freeing than we we like to pretend it is. I totally. I'm so happy and like respect you so much for admitting all of that because like. I too was diagnosed with severe anxiety and moderate to severe depression about three years ago. And it's still hard for me to like admit to people that I do go to therapy and I do take medication for it too. So the fact that like you're so open about that is, is inspiring to be honest. (laughs) Well, thank you. No, I really appreciate it because it's with OCD, at least there's a huge stigma around it. For sure. People don't understand what it is. And so for me, I pretty much, you're born with OCD and it just shows up later in life, but I walked around with OCD for probably about 20 years wow. before I got diagnosed. But because it's so stigmatized in, in a wrong way, because people don't know what they're talking about, I never thought I had it because I, I did not know what it was. And yeah. so I would love to be the, the middle woman who's saying, hey, no, this is really what's going on. This is what to call it hey, here's how you can get help. I just love to bridge that gap between people and the help that they need. Yeah. So no, I just wanted to be that middle woman. That's that's awesome. Um, I mentioned kind of in my intro before you came on, like I saw, because I saw too, like your book does have, um, like it's connected to your faith and um, your religion and all that stuff. And I like, we 
went to church and stuff on Easter and Christmas growing up. Like, I know that doesn't really count, but, like, so, like, I don't, not to say, like, I don't practice that or don't believe it, but I might not be, like, at that same level as, like, you or other people are. Um, So I like how you mentioned the fact that you kind of wrote it for, like, all the, everybody in mind, too. Um, Because I find, too, like, a lot of books that, like, I love to read. And there's, like, some books I find where, like, if they incorporate all of the faith too much, it kind of, for me, pushes, like, like that other mental health piece or that other piece that they're trying to help people with aside, if that makes sense. No, yeah, and and I'm glad you said that because, so, there's four branches of OCD, Mm -hmm. and one of the ones I have is called Mental Thoughts and Taboo Rituals, a.k.a. Religious OCD. (laughs) So I grew up in a really unhealthy church culture, very lots of rules, like women don't speak, you don't get to leave, oh, here's wow. your dress code. Yeah. And so I eventually, in, in my adult years, like 23, 24, and this time when Josh was gone, I actually had to figure out my faith and say, okay, what do I believe about God? Yeah. Not what does anyone else, not what I was told, what do I believe? And so... I think that's another neat thing for me, for readers, is I'm pretty much deconstructing, working through my own faith in front of you in the book. And so that's what I love is I didn't have the answers while I was writing this book, and I still don't have all the answers. And so it's perfect. If if you're questioning it, if you don't know where your faith lies, if, if you don't even know what you believe, I didn't know what I was doing, what I believed half the time while I was writing this book. And so that's the neat thing. It's, it's, it's something that people can connect with regardless. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what was the process like, if you don't mind me asking, um, like writing your book? Like how did you, like, did you publish it yourself? Um, like how did any of all of this work? So I started writing the book in February, again, like two weeks before COVID, back yeah. in 2020. And I, I kept talking about wanting to finish it, but I had a job. I had two terrible dogs to take care of. <laughs> Um, and so my husband, Josh, finally one day he was like, Hey, can you just shut up and write it? Like, please, you've talked about it every day that that's, that's my husband for you, the straight shooter, just shut up and write it. And I was like, then COVID hit and I had nothing better to do. So I was like, okay, this is actually the highlight of my day. Like I, he would, Josh would cook dinner for me every night and let me go back in the back of the house and I'd write for two or three hours every night. And so I, I ended up pitching it to a few publishers. I didn't want to self-publish it. I, I really wanted it to kind of have a backbone from an established publishing yeah. house. And some a publishing house picked it up out of Chicago. So it was traditionally published, which is super neat. Awesome. But the crazy thing is they emailed me. I'd only written five chapters. You don't have to write the full yeah. book to have a proposal. <laughs> they said, we don't know when COVID's going to end. And your book is very relevant with like, you know, a pandemic. Could you turn this around in 30 days? So I wrote, I wrote about 60,000 words in 30 days, got all the endorsements, all the quotes, all the back cover blurb. Here's my bio. Here's a headshot. All of that in 30 days. It was wild. Wow. It was a very, very crazy process. That's very cool. (laughs) Um, Trying to outbeat a pandemic is a strange thing in the writing world. (laughs) That is very cool. Um, I've kind of like, so... I have, like, this little idea of a book that I'm also writing. Um, I haven't mentioned it yet, like, the title of it on the podcast yet. Uh, I've only had, like, the first three chapters or so, and you're the second author now I've been able to speak to and just kind of hearing how you guys go about that. Like, um, the other girl, she self-published it, which is kind of cool. And then you did it traditionally, so it's really cool to see, like, the differences um, of how of how that worked. I feel like it'd be easier in the States than in Canada, though, so still working on that. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. 
for sure. Yeah, because the states are, there's a lot of publishing houses here, but they're also kind of jerks, and they're like, you're in the states or goodbye. You yeah, know, like, yeah. Outside the borders, yeah, for sure. But there's a lot of really good European Oh, true. Yeah, I never that, thought. I never thought of that. Around the world. I never thought of that. Yeah. No, that's really cool, though. I just I appreciate you um, sharing that. What was the feedback you've received from others as soon as you got it out, like in the world? Well, you know, it was weird because once my publisher contacted me and said, "Hey, it's at the printing press," I finally had that. Oh, I just spilled my guts about the fact that I have <laughs> mental health problems. To the world. Like anybody on Amazon can now read that Peyton Garland has issues great you know so for me the the first feedback was from myself when I finally had that moment of oh this is I don't know how this is gonna go yeah Um, you're like well I'm kind of shit out of luck now (laughs) well yeah I mean it it is what it is at this point so it it goes out into the world today is actually its first birthday so November 30th of 2020 yeah so um I had wonderful responses I had a, a lot of the hometown feel showed up like immediately I had lots of supporters like high school friends I hadn't talked to in years my mother-in-law bought like 15 copies I don't even know who she gave them to or if she gave them to anyone but like props to my mother-in-law so you know family came out of the woodwork quickly but what I loved is two or three months in and even now I still get messages on Instagram or Facebook wherever people find me and they say hey I know you don't know me that I read your book and because of you I went to therapy and I got diagnosed with OCD oh. or I got diagnosed with anxiety hey I read your book and because of you I actually took that big step and I take medication now hey because of you I think church is something I can try again and and so that that, that like melts my most, heart oh it, it's so healing no granted you have an occasional hater like yeah there's there's the random one star you know on Amazon where someone's just having a really bad day and they take it out on you um, and it's not a perfect book by any means, but having this new community, like this mental health community mm-hmm. that's come out of the woodworks in its own way, people I don't even know who are now just my, my wing women on social media. Like I publish like just one post on Instagram and I know those four or five women are, are coming right behind me. And I don't know, that's, that's just a blessing. Just yeah. knowing I could be that middle woman for that's, other people. That's so amazing. Um, let's take a quick break, and then I want to talk about two people you specifically mention in your um, bio. <laughs> okay, so there's two people specifically. I'm going to start with one that I don't know as much that I want to ask you about, and then we'll hit the person that I'm really excited to kind of talk to you about. Um, like secretly fangirling even though I've never met her but you have um let's start with so in your on our podcast tinder website in your bio you mentioned um the president secretary first who endorsed your book tell me how that happened or yes tell me that because I sure yes so so about a year ago I was working for a PR company where I would host interviews with authors with um, TV stars. It was pretty cool. I got to go on the red carpet for the Mr. Rogers film. I met the Mrs. Mr. Rogers, like all sorts of things. And I got a call one day from a, a liaison for us. So we're the PR, there's the liaison, then there's the big famous person. So I get a phone call from the middle woman there and she said, Hey, Dana Perino just released a new book. Do you want to talk to her? And I was like, okay, why not? Sure. Um, and so she is the former White House press secretary for George Bush. She was the woman who would get up and answer all the newspaper journalists, people's questions. She was the face of the president when it came to 
you know, speaking to the oh, public. Wow. So I was a little intimidated. I was like, okay. She also is on Fox News. Like, she has her own show. And so I'm over here thinking this is, I don't even know what to ask her, <laughs> whatever. So I get on this interview with her, and she's the most personable, kind-hearted woman in the world. Oh, wow. She she um, personally connected with me on social media. Like, I saw that little blue check mark yeah. follow me, and I just almost wet my pants. Like, <laughs> oh, this is really neat. Um, but, uh, but she sent me um, a calendar of her dogs. So her dogs are her, are her babies. And she said, hey, do you want a Jasper calendar? I said, yes. And then I was like, what do I give her? I said, hey, I wrote a book. You want a book? And she said, sure. So we, we mailed stuff back and forth. And like two weeks later, I get a message from her. And I didn't expect her to even read the book. I just sent it to her because yeah. I felt bad because she was sending me something. She said, hey, this book was incredible. I loved it. What can I do to help? Well, an Instagram post work. And I said, yes, Mrs. 700,000 followers. I, that would be fantastic. And um, she promoted my book. I made about 70 book sales in the next two hours after that post. Wow. Um, and we've actually stayed friends. I mean, we talk on Instagram. We email. She is a wonderful, wonderful human being. That is, it's, it's a huge honor to even know her. That is so cool. Um, yeah. The other one you mentioned. So I actually stumbled upon Hannah Brencher. I think it was when I was in first year university. And she I know she does this blog now that she, I don't know well you probably know because you know her like every Monday she sends out like the motivational Monday emails things and it's like yeah. the blog thing so I like I fo- kind of followed her before she transformed it into that I guess and so like I get her emails every Monday and like I know she wrote like the three books the love letters one and their come matter here I think is another one and there's a third one and I read all of them anyway yeah 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 and so as soon as I saw her name in your thing I was like this is really cool, too. i got to ask her about this. So tell me about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when I was in college, I had a friend of mine just say, hey, I think you'd really like Hannah Brincher's stuff. Yeah. You should follow her on social media. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, but she turned out to be cool. I was, you know, I thought to myself, she's saying stuff that really matters. Yeah. And she's bridging the gap, like saying things that no one else is saying, but she's cool enough that it works. Yeah. And so I ended up being on her Come Matter Here book launch team. What? I, that's when I got to meet her in person. So I, you know, I, I fangirled too. Um, and we, we stayed connected. And when my book came about, I, I got to reach out to her and I said, hey, look, I did your brew session, you know, where we have coffee. I've been to your house. We worked on outlining this thing. I said it made it. Like we made it. Would, would you consider endorsing it? And, you know, she's a big name these days. Yeah. She's busy. And I was like, uh, I mean, this is a total shot in the dark. And instantly she said, absolutely. Like, I, I will gladly send over an endorsement. So we swapped, you know, my manuscript, her endorsement, and she's just been super encouraging. So, I mean, it, it's really cool to have sat across from her and had coffee with her. She has a beautiful home. Like, I And she has a beautiful her. little baby girl. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know, right? She's so, so cute. It's wonderful meeting Hannah Brincher in person. She's she's just as authentic in person as she That's is. That's so cool. On for, social media. for those of you who don't know who she is, you definitely need to check out her either her three books or her blog post or her social media or really all of it. Um, it's just <laughs> really? all great. <laughs> um, that's that's really cool. Um, so you keep do you still keep in touch with Hannah too? Yes, I do. Yeah. So we chit chat. We I guess we have the same taste in clothes. So <laughs> I talked to her about clothes more than anything. Like she sent me a link the other day to a green velvet headband I really wanted. 
I bought, she and I have a matching black romper because she had it and I wanted it. So, I mean, yes, we, we do talk. We talk about book stuff and clothes. That's so on a, funny. On a pretty normal basis. That's so funny. <laughs> um, okay, I have one, well, really, okay, three more questions. I was going to say one, but they just keep coming. Um, so when I was like kind of preparing for meeting you and talking with you, um, I was trying to think of like times where like, I was lonely and like kind of like see how it related to the book so something that comes to me sometimes a lot is like I don't know if it's in my head or like if it's um like the anxiety or what it is but sometimes like you could be sitting in a room with like your partner you're either your boyfriend or friends or whoever and like you just like you're sitting next to them and like you feel lonely and it feels weird and like you want to sit closer to them and then they're like well why are you lonely like I'm here the dogs are here like everyone's kind of here like what like why and they're like they're confused about that so like I guess my first part of the question is like has that ever happened to you and if so like how how do you move past feeling lonely when you're still beside somebody I guess yeah so I mentioned that directly in my book like verbatim I say you should be standing in a crowded room and feel completely alone yeah so yes totally possible I have been there multiple times and what I finally realized it took a long time but a lot of times you can feel so isolated from other people when you don't fully understand yourself and the presence that you bring when you're around people. Hmm. And so for me, you know, having undiagnosed OCD, anxiety, secondary PTSD, you know, going through a hard season where I'm away from everyone who made me comfortable, even when I was around people, there was so much internal chaos. Yeah. So much of me that I didn't have a grip on so much of me, I didn't even know was there. I couldn't be content around people because I wasn't content internally. And so for me, it's almost, it's almost an identity crisis. That, that's what it was for me. Yeah. Being isolated and feeling lonely when I'm in a room of hundreds of people. So like, would you like, ver- like, would you like, so like, for example, like if I'm sitting here, like, and I say that to him, he'll be like confused. So would you just like sit on it and like let it pass? Or would you like try to explain it? And if so, like, how do you do that without the other person, with, with the other person, like truly understanding where you're coming from? Yeah, it kind of goes back to when I got diagnosed, Josh was gone, and I called him and I said, hey, um, I got diagnosed with OCD, so, you know, I'm over here kind of, we'd only been married about a year and a half, I'm thinking, this is not good, hey, you married a crazy person, like, because <laughs> that's the, that's, now, that's the stigma everyone gives right. it, like, <laughs> yeah, no, exactly, and, and that's what I was thinking going into it, <laughs> and when I told him, he went, oh, thank goodness, and I'm like, what do you mean? He said, I thought it was me. I just thought I was just making you real upset all the time. And I couldn't figure out why. And so for, for him and the people in my corner being very open and just explaining the headspace that I'm in, yeah, it makes them feel like they can understand me better. So they can show up in a better way. Or when I'm having a bad day, sometimes with OCD and I do need not the loneliness, but I do need that space for just me mm-hmm. where the thoughts are really loud. I just need to go process they understand that and respect it. Yeah. And so for me, I didn't want to say it at first because I just thought I'd sound crazy. Same. <laughs> but I am very, very open with what's going on in my head because it's just made my marriage stronger and it's made my relationships with my family and friends stronger too. That's amazing. And it's it's really nice too, like when people are receptive to that and not just like right. shut it for down sure. right away. But I think it's that it's that whole communication that whole communication piece. Um so I totally agree with that. Um I got two more questions before I let you go. Are you writing another book I am so I'm writing two right now two? I have one proposal yeah so I have one proposal fully ready 
and it's being submitted to publishers right now to see if anybody will pick it up. And then I have another fiction book that is complete. I'm doing last round edits and then I'll start pitching to agents. I love well. fiction so, books too. Can I ask what it's about? Yeah. So it's historical fiction because I'm just, I was just born in the wrong. I don't <laughs> like iPhones. I don't like technology. I, I want the 1950s life. <laughs> Um, but I wrote it about a woman named Maeve Riley who lives in New York City and has made it in the 30s as a an editor. So she's a big baller woman in New York City. And her best friend is African-American, which in the 30s doesn't go well, even though her friend is a famous jazz singer. Wow. The jazz singer meets this Hollywood punk, and Maeve ends up killing the Hollywood punk. But here's the twist. She's a newspaper writer and editor, and she's in charge of the crime section, and she's been charged to write the story of her own murder. What? And so, yeah, so it's, it's a story of, of Maeve Riley deciding if she wants to, you know, spill out a bunch of lines as her lead headliner, or if she wants to turn herself in for the fact that she's How do you get ideas for this? Like, does it just come to you? I, I had a really good friend of mine get cheated on by her boyfriend, and I was like, if I ever find him, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> and and I thought about that for so long that I was like, you know, I can't kill him in real life because, like, Jesus doesn't like that. The federal government doesn't like Facts. that. <laughs> um, so I'll just kill him in a book. And it was a big stress reliever. Like, after I just wiped him out in a book, gone. Like, I could see him now in person and actually not want to that's the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever heard in my life oh my gosh that's great <laughs> that's so great um I hope that gets picked up because that sounds amazing thank you so much I appreciate it um one final thing for you if you could tell because so this is a fun fact um I kind of like did this podcast to kind of like reach obviously um people who are going through hard times with their mental health or relationships but also I found too like I'm still in my like mid 20s or so I just turned 27 and I find there's not a lot of like podcasts or even like like self-help books kind of directed to anywhere like within your 20s specifically like early 20s late 20s whatever and so like I mentioned earlier the book that I'm like writing and playing around with at the end of every chapter I put a advice to my younger self so like at 20 years old now what do I wish I knew then um so my question for you is if you could tell your 20 year old self anything or give her any advice today what would you tell her uh number one I'd say put down the purple eyeshadow like it's, it's not it's not your friend sis. I don't know who told you it was but no um but on, on a more real life level <laughs> I I would, <laughs> I would I would tell my younger self I would say a patent grace and perfection can't coexist. I, I was trying to be a perfectionist for so long with a mental health disorder, and I was just I was just bottling up shame because with a mental health disorder, you are not perfect yep. in thought indeed. And I never was able to accept grace for myself, and I was never able to give it to others either. So I was, I was bitter. I was a very internalized, angry, bitter person. And so I just say, hey, you, you know, perfection is not going to work if you want to give yourself and other people grace. I love that. That's so great. Um, can I just tell you one thing before we go? And this has hit me Absolutely. the whole time. And as I'm talking to you and looking at you, I'm like, I like sometimes when I, so when I talk, I get like anxious. So I can't look at you directly. And so that's my, pro my <laughs> fault. But like every time I look over, I'm like, oh, my God, this is a brunette version of Blake Lively. You look exactly like Blake Lively, just brunette. And that's just what I want to tell you. Because <laughs> every time I look at you, I'm like, oh, my God, wait, it's not Blake Lively. <laughs> I love Blake. I, I love 
Blake Lively. And like, if I wasn't married to the hottest man on the planet, I'd be her and Mary Ryan Reynolds. Like, yes, that would be a deal. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yes, you do look, you honestly look like a brunette, Blake Lively. So I just want to tell you that. Oh, <laughs> That's you. all. You made my day. Thank you so much. <laughs> Where can um, my listeners find you? Yeah, so if you want to check out the book, Amazon, that's going to be the quickest way. If you want to know more about my blog, if you want to reach out to me personally, my website is PeytonGarland.me. And then on social media, I'm most active on Instagram. And that name is at Peyton M. Garland author. Awesome. Awesome. I'm going to shoot you a follow because obviously I haven't done that yet because I'm slacking. But, you know, um, everybody else needs to, too, and order your book because it sounds amazing and mine's coming. Hopefully tomorrow. we got to check that. But <laughs> thank you for chatting with me and taking up um, some of your Tuesday evening in Colorado. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I hope that um, we can stay in touch in the future. Oh, for sure. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Thank you, Peyton. She was such a pleasure to talk to. Honestly, I am very pleased that she kind of that she agreed to chat with me. I think it's so cool how I'm able to talk to like people all over the world. Um, and kind of hear their story and hear how they like to help other people in terms of mental health and people's relationships and just kind of getting that like outside perspective you know what I mean I really appreciate what she said about uh, loneliness and how adding a name to what you're feeling inside of you and for her case like her OCD right just adding a name to that kind of can help you help you work through that after you recognize what it is because she was like her husband was like oh well like I'm so glad I thought it was me making you crazy but in reality like there was a name for that and I think that definitely helps people I know that there's so much talk in the world where like adding like going to therapy and acknowledging whether it's an OCD diagnosis anxiety diagnosis depression diagnosis like there's so much that stigma behind actually putting a label on that um and people will tend to use that as an excuse oh well I'm doing this because of my anxiety or I'm doing this because of my OCD or I'm doing this because of my depression um and there's so much stigmatizing stigmatization behind the label I find of mental illnesses but in if on the flip side of things like once you have that label and once you have that name for it that's when you can start battling it and that's when you can start um, getting treatment for it and figuring out what is best for you in your situation whether that be therapy whether that be medication whether that be meditation whether that be um, CBT like cognitive behavioral therapy like it just it really depends on what you need for your condition and I think acknowledging that and recognizing what it is would definitely help you towards the right direction so I really appreciate the fact that Peyton was so honest about that and so honest about her participation in therapy and um her how she helps treat her OCD uh it's I know it's really hard to admit that sometimes like for me it's still hard to admit right because you're just scared about what other people will think or you're scared that people will think you're crazy or you're um like that people are going to judge you or what have you but if you're honest with yourself and you can find that within yourself to kind of work through then like Peyton mentioned right it's going to help your, the relationships you have with others, the relationships you have with your friends, with your significant others, with your family. And I think that that's really important and really key to 
becoming a better version of yourself right and to be to work on yourself and it was it's really it was really hard for me at first to decide hey I can't do this on my own I need to go to therapy to help with past traumatic events and what happened to me um in my late teens early 20s and what happened to me as a child like I need someone to talk through this because the people in my life don't understand like I need a third party to kind of help me battle through these and it took me a long time to realize that and and like be able to work up the courage to kind of do that you know what I mean so I'm just very grateful that she was so honest and so open with sharing her journey I just I am very honored that she was truthful and she felt comfortable enough to kind of share that and the fact that she shared that with the whole wide world in her book so like you know that I shouldn't feel that honored that it was just me you know some little small town girl in in Canada um but yeah that was a great conversation I find I'm gonna go and literally count down until the book arrives tomorrow and read it um you guys read it too add it to your library add it as a Christmas a a stocking stuffer you know uh, would be a very good stocking stuffer, to be honest. That would be a fantastic idea. Wow. I'm very smart. Not that I know other people that read because nobody else in my life reads, but, um, any other books you guys, speaking of books, any other books you guys are loving or have been enjoying lately? I want to know everything. I want to know about any of the books, any books you recommend over the break because it's almost Christmas holidays. So I will finally have time to just like literally lay down and read, do nothing. So send me any of your book recommendations. It'd be really cool. Maybe once, um, if we get more listeners or something to do maybe like a podcast listeners book club, that would be fun. Um, like I have a book of the month, sort of speak. Um, but yeah, let me know what you guys are reading. Let me know, um, what you guys are enjoying lately and I will have to check them out as well, but definitely check out Peyton's book and, um, shoot her a follow on Instagram. Super sweet, super kind soul. And I'm so thankful I got to chat with her today. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. So have a great week and I will chat with you all next week. Bye guys. Take care.